Hello, everybody, and welcome to the American Shoreline Podcast. This is Peter Ravella, co-host of the show. And this is Tyler Buckingham, the other co-host. You know, Tyler, people don't think about New York City necessarily when uh, you think about great coastal cities in America, but New York City is the great coastal city in America, I think. Um, lots of shoreline, you know, Manhattan Island. I mean, this is, this is a premier U.S. city. And we're going to do a show today talking about surfing in New York City with an incredible guest. I'm really excited about this show. Yeah, well, they say when you catch a wave, you're sitting on top of the world. And uh, I think for anyone who has ever experienced surfing, getting up, riding an ocean wave, a real ocean, or I would say Great Lakes wave. I will include yeah, the Great Lakes. Yeah, we got to include the Great Lakes. Uh, there is just something about it that is truly freedom, in, like incarnate for that period of time, for that moment in time. It really is something else, and it sticks with you for a lifetime. And today we have the honor of having on the show Lou Harris, who is the founder of the East Coast chapter of the Black Surfing Association. And we're going to be talking about the uh, development of the Black Surfing Association in New York City, as you said, Peter, and how this is turning into this blossoming community of people out there on Rockaway Beach, and it's gonna—it's a—it's a piece of surf culture that you're right. We don't think about much. Mm -hmm. uh, New York City, black surfers. I mean, what is going on here? But I'll tell you one thing: it's freedom, and it's going to be awesome. It's going to be a really cool show. Um, yeah, joining us today, Lou Harris. So, looking forward to jumping into the show with Lou. And uh, before we do it, quick word from our sponsors. The American Shoreline Podcast Network and Coastal News Today are brought to you by Geodynamics, an NV5 company specializing in providing accurate surveys of complex coastal environments worldwide. Driven by marine geology, coastal science, and remote sensing, our researchers use the latest technology to provide meticulous data products to support our clients and answer their toughest Questions. Geodynamics carefully designs and executes a variety of hydrographic, geophysical, sub-bottom, and near-shore surveys using our fleet of customized vessels and sensor configuration. You can find us at nv5geospatial.com. Geodynamics, delivering solutions, improving lives. Be sure to subscribe to the Coastal News Today Daily Blast newsletter for our latest updates from around the American shoreline like what you're hearing and want to support the network sponsorship packages are now available go to coastalnewstoday.com slash advertising to learn more lou welcome to the american shoreline podcast we know you're a busy guy appreciate you taking time to talk to our listeners today of course no anytime anytime to rest my knees and sit down and relax is a good time and talk <laughs> to you guys it's a pleasure thank you for having me well, what an amazing organization. I have to say right off the bat in doing the research for the show and reading about your work, uh, what an amazing organization you've put together, Lou, and uh, uh, the, the teaching that you do, providing equipment, uh, the social activism of the surfing community you're building on Rockaway Beach. I was so impressed. I went online and uh, made a donation to the Black Surfers Association East Coast chapter. And I chapter. appreciate that, Peter. Thank you so much. Well, I want to throw that out at the beginning because I want our listeners out there to, uh, to take a chance to learn more about the organization you run, Lou, and to match the donation. We 
Coastal News Today and ASPN made a donation of $500 to this organization. It's absolutely tremendous. And uh, so I want to make a pitch right off the bat, Lou, to our listeners out there to uh, support the work that you're doing. Um, Before we uh, jump into the details, um, introduce our audience around the United States to Rockaway Beach. Uh, <clears throat> Rockaway Beach is uh, is in Queens, New York. Um, it's uh, it's a uh, it's a county, Rockaway Beach. So there's Far Rockaway. That's like more down, like uh, in the in the 20s, in the teens, like the numbers. And then as you come up towards like the 70s and 80s, that's where Rockaway Beach starts. And then from Rockaway Beach, uh, you go to Rockaway Park. Rockaway Park that that hits about 116th Street, and then uh, it goes. O- all the way up to breezy which it's about 130th street so yeah so but we're in rockaway beach and rockaway beach um is a surfing community and um it's uh it's a pretty big community and um people don't think that when you come to new york that you'll have waves or anything like that and like one thing that you know i try you know and explain to a lot of people is that uh when you uh surf here in rockaway you can you know go see a broadway show an hour later like you can't do that in Jersey, you can't do that in Montauk, you know. So yeah, that's that's the beauty about Rockaway. I remember um, I was going to visit a friend in Manhattan at Washington Square Park. They had some event there, and I just finished surfing for like five hours, and my eyes were bloodshot. So so I get to this event in Manhattan, and and then my friend's boss at the who was hosting the event says, hey, you know, he says, Lou, are you stoned here or something? And, and I'm like. Why is he asking if I'm high? And she's like, well, your eyes are red. I said, I was surfing for four hours. It was a hurricane. <laughs> so she goes and tells him, hey, she, yeah, he was surfing. And he's like, he wasn't surfing. Where was he surfing? And she's like, Rockaway. And he was even blown away. And he, he's from New York, so he didn't even know. So he was like, oh, boo, I'm so sorry. I apologize. I'm like, dude, I was surfing. I said, I didn't want to come here, but I'm here. You know, and I surfed for four hours. That's the funny thing about, about New York. That's the last place that you, you would think that we get some good waves. Yeah, tell us a little bit more about the. I mean, I'm, I'm just genuinely curious. Out there on Rockaway Beach, is the surf good? Like, I mean, is it? Is does it depend on the conditions or kind of where the currents are coming from? Tell us about the surf. Um, the surf is good. I mean, because I, even though hurricane season started for us here on, on June first, nothing's crazy yet. But like, I mean, we get the occasional like summertime waves. Like, you need like a log, like a big eight foot or nine footer so usually you get those little ankles ankle slappers i call them they're like one to two feet with the occasional maybe three foot but then once i would say august september comes around that's when the big waves start start coming we had these um these these two firefighters who surfed here that lived in rockaway okay so on september 11th one of them his name is stephen bells belson he was out there surfing on beach 90th street and he saw all the smoke like he's like, what's that? Yeah, now he's a fireman. He's off duty. You know, he's a fireman in Manhattan. He's off duty. He's he's home Rockaway surfing. He sees these sees the smoke. He's like, what's that? He gets out and he goes to the city. He dies that day. Yeah. That guy. And wow. then we have another guy here. His name was Richie Allen. We actually have a part of the surf block named Richie Allen Way. And he was a firefighter. And he was getting off work September eleventh to come home to Rockaway to come surf. And September eleventh happened and then and then and then he died. So Wow. You know, you know, like, you know, myth, you know, myth says or like, you know, I guess it, the surf guards. But ever since that day, September 11th, that's when the waves start pumping. I mean, in perfect head high four to six, because the day Stephen Belson got out the water and died that day, that's the day. That's the per- that was the conditions that day. It was four to six 
glassy and glassy, which I mean perfect, no current, no wind chop, just perfect. And that's so that's when when so that's when the surf starts. And also too, that's when I love it because when it starts pumping like that, it separates the men from the boys. You get those summertime weekend surfers that think they're think they're hot out there and i'm like okay dude wait till september <laughs> wait till it's six foot overhead i'll, I'll see you. you'll be sitting on the beach watching me <laughs> lou it's such an amazing organization founded in 1974 i understand by a guy named tony corley out in california uh tell us introduce us to uh to the black surfing association you are the founder of the east coast chapter but this was an uh, this was a california dream of tony corley tell us about tony yeah, well, uh, Tony, and, and you know, and that's a and that's a funny thing. Tony, uh, he that back in the early seventies, like you know, the mid seventies, he he went surfing, I think at Malibu, and and you know, and and he got a a letter on the hood of his car, and it said, you know, go surf Inkwell, you know, you N word, and like, you know, that tripped him out. So what he did was he wrote that letter in to Surfer Magazine. And this is what tripped Tony out. This is what freaked him out, you know, because like, I mean, you know, I'm going to speed up a little bit here, but this is what tripped him out because that, so that was the first time the BSA was ever in that, in, in Surfer Magazine, 1975, I think it was, 75, 76. So then two years ago, when I had my, my paddle out for George Floyd, right? Surfer Magazine hits me up. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name, right? But anyway, he was in France and I was here. We, we did the interview over the phone while he was in France. And then it came out and Tony was in tears on what he said, Lou, wow, the last time we were in, you know, Surfer Magazine was because of you know, racism. And now you got us in there for a paddle out. And he was blown away. And also, too, Surfer Magazine told me, they said, this is our last issue. This is, we want to go out with a bang. Because at the time, they were, they were supporting Biden and Kamala Harris. So they knew that they were going to get beat up all over the head. You know what I mean? If you go on their Instagram page, you'll still see like posts and comments from that. But uh, yeah, after that, that was a that that was a big thing for us. And like again, you know, Tony was so happy about that. But uh, but Tony started BSA in '75, actually, because of that, pretty much. And uh, he uh, he he trusted me enough to start it here. I mean, there was a fire here in, uh, about seven years ago um, that an African American kid started. It was Marcel Dockery. So he started this fire. It was in Staten Island, and um, I'm sorry, Coney Island. And he started the fire. And um, uh, two police, the first, you know, the people to respond is two officers, you know, and they were, you know, hit with smoke inhalation. One passed away. The other one, you know, you know, she recovered from her injuries from the smoke. And then when the police asked the kid, you know, why he, he did it, because what happened to get the kid set a mattress on the fire on, on fire in the basement. And they asked him why he did it. And the kid said that he was bored. And, I, and that tripped me out. I was like, wow, mm -hmm. this cop's dead because this kid was bored because I grew up on Long Island and my twin brother and I. We're always into something. We're never bored. We with karate, BMX, whatever. So about a, a week, a month before the tragedy, I had gotten my neighbor's mail by mistake, the Surfer's Journal. And um, in that article, I mean, in that magazine was an article on the BSA. So this is why I just first started surfing. I was like, wow, black people surf? And in that article was Tony Corley. So when so I read that article, like, and it wasn't even my uh, magazine. It was my neighbor's magazine. I got it by accident. So I was like, oh, let me read this real quick. And I read it like three times and put it back in his mailbox. And uh, and and then so with the, when the tragedy happened, I said, you know, let me reach out to this Tony guy in California. So I went on Facebook and found him on there and I friended him. But I didn't ask him right away. I said, let me friend this guy first. And let me wait like a month. And then I said, hey, listen, this is what happened. 
And he goes, really, really? He said, why do you want to? And I, you know, he said, why do you want to start a, you know, a chapter there? And I explained to him about the tragedy. And uh, he was like, okay, what do you want to do? I said, you know, maybe we'll just start with surf lessons. We'll see how it goes. And then a week later, after that, this guy on Instagram, a former teacher who's now like disabled, he said he doesn't know me. He, he's, you know, he's like, Lou, hey, I love what you're doing. He said, I want to send you a check for a thousand bucks. And I was like. Oh, okay. Yeah, sure. And then a week later, it was 1500 wow. So then I called, and he made it out to the Black Surfing Association, East Coast. So I, now I called Tony. I'm like, Tony, I can't cash this check. <laughs> so, now they had, so now they had to give me the tax ID number. So then I opened it up here, and then that's when it all took off. Like, I mean, he's just been blown away. Like, we, my, 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 my daughter and I, we went in the vans to buy myself some shoes, and we were wearing, you know, our Black Surfing Association hoodies. And the guy in Vans was like, what's that? And I was like, oh, yeah, that's my nonprofit. He, he goes, what is that? And I said, oh, I teach kids free this, free that. He's like, wow. So he walked away. And then he came back. He said, do you have an Instagram? I said, yeah, it's BSA, but, you know, Rockaway. And then he walked away again. And then he came back. He said, yo, I think I can get you guys free shoes. I was like, yeah, okay, free Vans. And, I, <laughs> and I'm 50 years old. I wanted to be sponsored by Vans since I was like five. You know, it was like a world, it was like a dream. I was like, are you kidding me? Wow. You know, this is when I was 45, this happened. I was like, wow, I'm 45, we sponsored by Vans. And then, and then ever since then, we've been getting free shoes from Vans. Matter of fact, right before I spoke to you, Tyler, I was on the phone with Vans. They were just calling me to tell me to pick up tomorrow. Man. So, yeah. And, and that's the beauty. And that's what Tony loves, too. Everything we do, you know, he he's he, because he's getting up there in age. He's like my mom's age. He's 75, so he's not that savvy instagram social media savvy so he's i think he's having his daughter help him but he's been posting and seeing and you know he's just he, he he's just blown away he's blown away right. it's, an, it's a tremendous story the origin story of the uh the bsa east coast chapter which you founded lou is amazing it sounds serendipitous you know the the, the tragic event that motivated you to think about what we can do to get uh these kids active uh, have you been a surfer uh, before you started the organization? Tell me about your surfing background, or was this something that originated, you know, out of that magazine in your neighbor's mailbox and the tragedy, the loss of those uh, officer and the fire? Yeah, when I moved here to Rockaway, I was I was thirty three. Like I said, I'm I'm fifty now, so I was thirty three. I had just stopped skateboarding. Like I skateboarded uh, in New York City and on Long Island. That's where I'm from for. Oh, 20 plus years so when i got to rockaway that's when you know when you hit 33 skateboarding that's when your, your body's pretty much done you yeah, can't take tough. bills and falls <laughs> kick flips down steps and all it's you're, you're done so that's that's when i was like you know i gotta do something else so i mean i was thinking because i mean i mean just, just like you know coasting around the city skating that's cool but i used to like to do tricks so i was like i'm done so that's when i walked up the boardwalk and that's when i seen people surfing and i was like Wow, they they do that here. I was shocked. I was like, I didn't even know they surfed here. So um, I'm a big Wu Tang Clan fan. I'm a huge fan. I got three tattoos, right. and um, and and then that day I was wearing a Wu Tang shirt. So there was this one surfer in the water. This black guy, not one surfer. It was like thirty of them, but out of the thirty, it was one black guy. This black dude, and like he was killing it. He was out there. I was like, who's that? Like, wow, that's, I never seen a black guy in, in person surfing. Like, that was nuts. So. He gets out of the water and then he notices my Wu Tang shirt and he starts saying Wu Tang Wu Tang. He said, "What's your name, man?" I said, "Oh, I'm Lou." And he's like, "Yo, I'm BJ." And he ended up turning to be like my my mentor. His name is uh, Brian BJ James. He actually wrote a book called The Nautical Negro, and he taught me he taught me 
everything the, the, you know by rip currents and rip tides and low tide high tide uh, how to spot a rip tide how to get out respecting the ocean you know uh uh there's a there's a there's a term in surfing and it's called uh a kook and a kook is someone who shows total total disregard for the sport of surfing and and so that day i had like a little cut on my foot from a shell like a little baby cut i mean i couldn't survive but anyway <laughs> i had a band-aid on my foot but then i had also on my winter booties even though it was like july hot so i had on my rash guard my board shorts and booties so here comes vj on the beach he's like lou i'll meet you on the beach like like two so he comes to the beach so he, come, he comes up to me he's like what are you doing with those boots on you kook take those boots off what are you wearing them for i said i have a cut on my he said suck it up you're a surfer and that's when i knew what that word kook meant like you know you know you know a kook's the guy's gonna come to the beach all decked out with the nice surfboard but can't surf you know he's the kind kind of guy that's gonna come to your neighborhood and not know the the etiquette every place you go surf you got to know the etiquette you got to know how they operate you don't go to a, a location like i wouldn't go to where you guys live and just start surfing i would go there I would see how it goes. I would talk to somebody who looks nice, and that's what you do. That's how you make your way into the water. These people come here to Rockaway, and they 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 just go overboard. So uh, you meet BJ there. BJ sounds like Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, he sounds like <laughs> oh. a total master. Is he still <laughs> like, is he still surfing uh, out there with you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like right now. Um, we're we're doing a documentary um with uh spike lee he's a producer and so they've been filmed from following me for like a year nice. and like that's gonna be like that's gonna be like the ending scene like one of the ending scenes is like me me with uh with with him yeah yeah because because that was uh yeah that was uh i mean because like even though after you know after he taught me how to surf you know we hate we you know we I, I I don't know what happened. I think maybe he he'd gotten jealous because then I started getting a little notoriety for being a yeah. black. I don't know. Maybe thought it should have went to him. But um, one thing that he always respected was, even though we didn't see I I mean we're great friends now, but we didn't see I see I I for a moment. But one thing, hey, I I mean I was on NBC the Today Show with Al Roker. I told I mentioned BJ's name. I was in Rolling Stone magazine. I mentioned BJ's name. I was in GQ. I mentioned he always saw that, and he's like, wow, this guy didn't have to say crap about me, but he still did, you know. And that's what he said. Like, how you get? Come on, like I could have easily said, yeah, I taught myself how to surf and this and that. No, uh, uh-uh. and he always respected that because it, it, even though we was a little on a fallen out still and like i said and i and i took time i remember I, I forgot what show i did i think it was oh uh i did fox five here in new york um and uh and and they're like wow and they were like writing his name down i'm like yeah look him up and he was shocked yeah well i mean i i, I love that you uh tell that part of the story because it one wonders what he was doing you know how he fell into surfing out there those 30 guys the one black surfer and and i have to say i mean uh, we just one of the things that's striking, Lou, about the Black Surfing Association is it just immediately addresses the elephant in the room, which is that surfing is stereotypically just a very white sport. And yeah, um, and I'm interested. So you started off as kind of a, a skateboarder, which is also kind of I would describe as kind of a white sport. Um, yeah. So you're kind of pioneered. Uh, as a black man into those spaces, would you talk a little bit about like how you initially became interested and also just were not, you know, you were not dissuaded by the fact that it's kind of a black zone or rather a white zone uh, 
kind of already. Yeah, you know, I'll take something real quick. There was a guy, and I remember this is when I first started, and then he was like, man, why does it got to be black surfing? Why can't it just can't it be surfing? So she, I'm like, dude, listen to me. It's not my name, okay? I said, listen, uh, it's, it started in 1975. I said, this is what I brought here. So then when I started giving out free vans and when I started giving out free surfboards and free wetsuits, you think anybody had anything to say after that? <laughs> never never not a thing not a thing they were like hey it's lou but at first there you know there was a few out there that, that would say that and i'm like Dude, it's a name and and then i also would tell them <clears throat> that it was a name started in 75 during you know during a different period in time and right. i said also you see my program i have white kids black kids come on my kids just this past weekend i had a kid with down syndrome i had a deaf kid and i had two kids with autism so that's like, and, and, and also they see that because I'll get people sneaking and peeking at our lessons, you know, on the boardwalk and they'll see, I mean, I got kids in, in, uh, in, the, in the, in the, what's it called? The, what that they call, what's the, the Indian kids, the hajib, what's hajib, it called? Yeah, I think that's right. Yeah, yeah. I got kids wearing those. I got black kids, white kids, Asian, Muslim, I Puerto love Ricans, that. I mean, this is so Spanish, New York. Gay, this is so straight, New York. whatever it is. I don't care what it is. If your parents don't have money and that's when they're like, oh, I don't care about the name. And then I give out free stuff. Like the vans that I go pick up tomorrow, those will all be given out tomorrow. And then what can you say? Nothing. <laughs> well, it, that's one of the amazing things about the organization, why we were so pleased to make a contribution to your work. I mean, this is incredible, Lou, that you provide uh, lessons and teaching on the beach to kids at no charge. You equip them from everything from, uh, you know, vans to surfboards to wetsuits. And you have an amazing social activism program, the paddle outs that you do on gun violence and other topics. I mean, what an organization has this, tell us about the, the, how you came to put this together in this way. It just seems surprising uh, that you've become so successful with this amazing organization. Uh, how was that to, to, to bring together for you? It's, it's just been, it's just been coming together itself. Like I said, it's just, uh, yeah, it says one thing, you know, leads, you know, into another. I remember my mother was calling up the William Morris agency because I was telling my mother like a year ago, two years ago, I was like, Ma, I need manage, I need a manager or management. I said, because like I was getting calls from the, you know, they wanted me to be on TV show Survivor. You know, I got uh, uh, the Rolling Stones. I, I could, like when I was on, on the Today Show, uh, that that sat in my email for three days until Al Roker himself called me. And said, "Hey, you're gonna ever check your email, Mr. Harris." So I got, <laughs> yeah, so I was like, "Ma, I need help." So, so my mother called William Morris Agency up. She calls him up. She's like, "Yeah, my son's Lou Harris. You know, he runs an Instagram. Uh, his Instagram's a BSA. He runs a nonprofit. Blah blah blah." And they were blowing her off. They were just like, you know, yeah, whatever, blah blah. blah. Mm -hmm. And then she's like, you know, he really thinks. I think he needs some representation. And they were like, "Yeah, whatever. What, what, what's your number? What's your number?" And so my mom gave him number, and they're like, "We'll get back to you." So two minutes later. They call her and they're like, Mrs. Harris, hello. This is Saul Goldberg. How are you? And she's like, Yeah. She's like, Why does your son need our help? He's doing fine on his own. <laughs> and that's when she and that and and, and they were, and they asked her, they're like, What's his secret? And again, and my mother asked me, and I was like, Ma, it's like one thing. Like like when I was on NBC the first time, then after that, then that led to Channel Five, and then from Channel Five that led to. But I'll say the big thing was the big, and I hate saying it. I mean, because it, it was a tragedy, but it, something good came out of it. But was the George Floyd paddle out? Right. That was the biggest day of my life. Five hundred people came here, and I remember, wow. and I'll never forget it. Rolling Stone emailed me, and they, I'll never forget. They emailed. They said, 
would you mind if we came? I said, dude, you guys could sleep at my house. Rolling Stones? <laughs> so you guys could sleep in the basement. I don't care. Come. So, but, 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 but that was crazy. Yeah. Cause they, we, we was, uh, we were on that day, just that day alone from the first paddle. That was BET, CNN. Oh, another story too. So, so I'm, I'm getting ready to leave this paddle out. And the person that brought me, they're there and they're, they're like overwhelmed by all this attention that, you know, is going on. So it, it, this is my last interview of the day. And I, th- this guy, he just looks like a, you know, like a little surfer dude, he, you know, a little notebook and, you know, whatever, you know, and he looks just like a, like a high school newspaper kid. So he goes, so I'm like, so like, she's ready to go, the girl I'm with, and he could see that. So, so I said to him, I said, I'm like, how long is this interview going to be? And then he gives me a look and he puts his hand on my hand and he says, we're CNN. She can wait. And then I look over at him. I look at her. I'm like, you're damn right. I'm like, I'm not gonna let nobody rush me out of this. And it turned out to be CNN. And that was one of the biggest stories I ever did was CNN. CNN had a show called Great Big Story. And they did a story on us for that. And it was amazing. And I'll never forget that. You know, like he put his arm and I was ready to go. He said, nope, we're CNN. She could wait. You'll never basically tell me when are you going to get this opportunity again? Sit down. Love it. Well, tremendous uh, success. I think your social media uh, work is fantastic. I mean, every day there's posts about the kids that you're teaching uh, Lou, tell us about what 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 is it about the ocean that uh, inspires you? Uh, it's just therapeutic. I'm a Pisces fawn, and uh, it's just it's it's soothing. You know, uh, when 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 my brother and 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 father passed passed away uh, while living here, you know, it's a it's a place where you go and 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 you forget. Yeah, and you you lose yourself a little bit, you know, because when you're catching waves, you think about catching waves, you're not thinking about what's going on outside there. But but when you get out of the water, that's when it all hits you again. But like again, it's very therapeutic. It's calming. Like once you get in there, you don't want to get out. Only when it's February third, then you want to get out. <laughs> How are those New York City kids responding to the opportunity to surf in the city? Oh, they love it. I got kids coming uh, from from the Bronx. I got kids coming from. Washington Heights. I got kids coming from Connecticut, and like that's two-hour rides. You know, you also got to think about it too. It's in the morning, so a lot of kids are bratty and cranky and sleepy. But these kids are coming every morning. Parents are getting them up, and you know. And one thing about New York City here is on the on the weekends, a lot of the subways, subway lines are under construction, stuff like that. So you'll have to take alternate routes. So your typical route during the week will take you 45 minutes. Now it's going to take you two hours. So, and they still come. So, yeah. And, and those are the kids I like to reward the kids that come that could stay home and sleep, but they come and, you know, and, and those are the kids I'll like to, Hey, come back to my house after lessons. Let me give you something. So I love it. And, and what, you know, can you tell us like what, how the teaching process goes? I mean, I, let's say you take a, a young, a young student who has never surfed a day in let's say her life and uh, you're starting from scratch. How do you approach that? Uh, well, one thing I do, and I'm blessed. You know, you know, I have my kid. I have my daughter. She's like my junior instructor. So she's 12. So when they see her, <laughs> like, you know, I'll have her do the pop-up show, you know, show them everything that, that they need to go. So, like, you know, that's, that's really easy for me. And then it's a plus for me. So then when I'm teaching the kids, like my daughter – kids I've taught in the past who are super good now, who are out there just surfing with the adults now, now the kids coming into my program, now they see that. And that's all they're looking at. And now that's what they want to do. So that gives them the uh, the motivation and, you know, and the incentive 
a little bit too. So yeah, so it's a good thing. I'm, you know, cause, cause like now my daughter's starting to turn and she's starting to curve and, you know, and, and all that kind of stuff. So not and the, and the kids see that. So that, so that's a big plus. I mean, it didn't hit me until like a, a month ago. I was like, wow, that's like a, you know, it's a great selling point there. Cause then they're like, I'm like, yeah, that's my daughter. So you keep it, keep it up. You'll be good as her. So. Can you share a, a story and tell, tell our audience a little bit more about the paddle outs? Because I think it's one of the, one of the remarkable things about the organization that you've built and the activism that you have. Uh, talk to us about paddle outs and how that started and, and what, what um, events have you, you sponsored over the years? Uh, the paddle out started because of, of, yeah, of George Floyd and um, one of my followers had right, right the day he died, they, they, they messaged me right away. They said, Mr. Lou, he's dead. And, and, and they were like, what are you going to do? Like, like, they were like, like I was Malcolm X in the sixties. Like, you know, what are you going to do? I was like, Oh, so I hung up on them and I hung up on them and I, and I went right to my Instagram and said, paddle out. And that was on a Monday. That was on a Monday. And I had 3000 followers. I'll never forget that. 33, 3,380. And that was on a Monday. And then throughout that week, Surfline, Surfer Magazine, uh, all the big surf body glove, everybody was sharing. And so Friday, now I have 9,000. So in, from Monday to Friday, 6,000 wow. followers, bang. So I was like, oh my God, now I'm freaking out. I'm like, what's going on? So, so now I'm not even expecting what's going on now. So what's going to happen the next day? So, so uh, we get to the beach. As soon as I get out the beach, BET's right there. Quick interview with them, done here comes the cops 40 of them i'm like oh my <laughs> god i don't have a permit oh my god so they come over to me and they're like hey lou Forty. the captain hey lou i'm like hey what's up he's like where do you want my guys at i said what do you mean he said where do you want my guys you know she said i want to give you security and then he goes i'm gonna put boats out there in the water for you guys i said why because this is this was right when covid hit so there was no lifeguards he goes what if somebody has a heart attack out there i was like great so now it turns out the, the police captain, he's from Long Island. He's a surfer and he's a New York Jets fan. We're both football fans. So we're sitting there chatting <laughs> and talking. Right. And, 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 and they, and so, they, and then you had those idiot people there. So we got into the paddle out and, you know, was, you know, was saying no justice, no peace, hands up, don't shoot, you know, black lives matter, blah, blah, blah. And then this idiot couple of people start, you know, start, you know, F the police. F, um, so like I paddle over to them. I'm like, yo, bro. They're looking out for us today. They're being nice. They're being cool. And, you know, and I tried to explain to them, not every, even though you see police shootings on TV and stuff like that, not every cop does that, you know, and that's what I was trying to, you know, explain to a lot of people here. So, you know, some people like, yeah, that really pissed me off in the paddle out. The girl started saying that, you know, saying, uh, uh, oh, oh, she said, yeah, she goes, NYPD murderer. That's what she says. And I was like, no, 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 no. We're going to stop that today. And she's like, they're breathing down our necks. I'm like, that boat's there to save us. What if somebody had a stroke, a seizure here, right? Mm -hmm. So, but it was, wow. that was a great day. That was, yeah. So the, the police captain who comes out to, to help with your event is a surfer. I mean, that's what we're talking about here, Lou, is the, uh, the, the kinds of connections that uh, surfing can create uh, that bridge that huge gap. Uh, during a uh, a Black Lives Matter protest, paddle out protest, which really is about police misconduct, and yet uh, because of the surfing connection, the respect that you have for the police, here here they are being a supportive entity. That's 
that's something powerful about surfing that I contributes to that outcome. Yeah. Also, too, you, you know, you you uh, you have to like I was always raised when you speak to a cop, especially, especially me being a black man. OK, growing up on Long Island, you know, in the in the in the 80s and 90s, my father always told me, he said, Louie, if you ever get stopped by a police officer, you speak to him nicely. Hello, sir. How are you, sir? Here's my ID, sir. Yes, sir. No, sir. Yeah. It makes it go by so much quicker. So that right there, I, that's just how I am with, you know, with not just the police, but anyone. And, you know, and, and, and he saw that, you know, most people would have went up to him and said, yo, why are you bothering us, man? Why are you guys here? Blah, blah, blah. You know, but when you, and that's why he, they were even nicer. So, so every other paddle out that we had, they supported. I love to hear that. And I, I have to say, I'm, I'm seeing a, a, a pattern here, Lou, and that is that, um, and I, I think that this is like a part of surfing culture generally or at least it's the best part of surfing culture, in my opinion. But it's this, they, I think they would oftentimes maybe call it the stoke, but it's this really, it's like chasing this really good vibe. Like see, right. it's really seeing the best in uh, the moment in time. It's savoring the moment. It's, it's connecting with nature. It's also connecting with people. And these paddle outs are things, Peter, that we see all over, you know, the American shoreline, particularly mm -hmm. out in California, Southern California, where the, water's warm enough and it's like a fairly common you know if if a person passes away or if there's a major these are uh where people come together under the banner of kind of remembrance and contemplation and it's a it's a cool space and it's yeah, really we, it's one of my favorite things about surfing yeah yeah we um i had a i had a paddle out for um for, for rihanna taylor it was called uh 13 blocks for Brianna. So what we did was we paddled 13 blocks. We went, we started from beat 73rd and went to 86. When we got to 86, we got in a circle and you know, we, I had national geographic sports there. We had uh daily news, New York post there. I mean, you know, New York one, every, all the big weeks here. And, um, and then we got in a circle and they asked me, so why do you have them paddle 13 blocks? And I said, cause I wanted them to think of what was happening to her in her house when she was sitting there sleeping and getting shot. And just sleeping. I wanted people to think what was going on that, you know, that we can still paddle. She can't. And then also like a, a, you know, a funny part of that day was uh, the daily news. They're like, yeah, we're going to send our reporter. Out. So she comes out. She's like, she's this woman from South Africa. It's a reporter. And she's Louis. Do you think I'll make it out there? I'm like, uh, you know, what? it's a little choppy. I don't know. And she was falling all off the board and everything like that. And she had like the GoPro. And she was trying to get the shot. She couldn't get it. And then she had to get out the water and she had to walk the 13 blocks. But that's what we did. We did the 13 blocks for Brianna. Then um, for uh, for uh, Jacob Blake, we did because I wanted to spice these things up. We did another 15 blocks, I think it was. And then we ran seven. And then what we did was when we got out of the water, we were given flowers, because we set this whole thing up like, like days before, and then we were given flowers, and we would run those blocks, you know, and then we run and with the flowers, and then we put them all in the basket, and when we put them in the basket, everybody was clapping for each other, so that was one of the, that was a big one, and then, to my surprise that day, uh, some of the neighbors here paid 50 grand and got a uh, an airplane and uh, and and the airplane went across the sky with a, a, a Rockaway love Rockaway loves Black Lives. Wow, 
that was wow. insane. And I, yeah, because I was like, I was like on that paddle. I was like, oh my god, I'm dead. I said, why did I plan this stupid thing? Now I got to run now. And then I look up, <laughs> and then I see that. I'm like, okay, and that gave me that boost. And then I, yeah, because I was like, I'm like, what am I? Because because like the, the the paddle I've been doing because I wanted to do them different. A typical a paddle out is just paddling out into the water. You get in your circle. You you know you 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 say stuff about that person. You splash the water up. You bang on the surfboard. I like I wanted to do it different because I was like, what can I do differently than this? And then people loved it. Yeah, and it's good. Well, it sounds like in the uh, the events that you have, the paddle out events, uh, several hundred people is generally a number that you can attract for those kind of events. Yeah, and you also got to think about it too. It's good for the community because guess what? Now people are renting rooms. Now they're selling more beer. Now they're selling more, you know, soda, water. Yeah, so it's that's a that's a that's a win. Yeah, I remember this one girl here, which it kind of bothered me. I mean, we're not best friends. I'll see her around. I just saw her yesterday, but um, she has a yoga retreat right on our block. Matter of fact, a few houses up, and she never likes our pictures. Never nothing. But she, but for the paddle out, she goes, yeah. And after the after the black surfing paddle out, do your yoga here and was doing like gift packages. I was like, wow. And then my buddy's like, are you going to say anything? I'm like, no, give me a break. Who cares? Whatever. It's a big piece of pie here. And, but I, but it was funny because the girl, you know, and that's, how I knew it was big that day. I was like, wow. Okay. <laughs> You're making gift packages. <laughs> well, you've got to, uh, as we mentioned, uh, Tony Corley founded uh, the West Coast chapter of Black Surfers Association, Surfing Association. You've established the East Coast chapter. Uh, are there any others around the United States or around the world? No, just these. I'll get you know. I'll get people calling me. I got one from South Carolina, one from North Carolina, one Hawaii, uh, Singapore, Spain, uh, Africa. Yeah. Uh, Somali, a lot of people that have been asking me to want to do that. Uh, uh, Brazil, yeah, that that want to start. And, and I told them, they said, how did you do it? And I explained to them how, because, you know, for a typical person, getting a, a, a tax ID number, it's a difficult process. It's a long wait. It, it costs, you know, a few bucks, mm-hmm. you know, and I was blessed to get mine from Tony. And I explained to them, the, the, and, and they said, do you think that he will? I said, I don't know. I said, I wouldn't, yeah. And I said, you got to, like, I told you, you gotta prove you, you gotta prove yourself. Like there's a or there's an organization in, in California. And they were asking me. They said, they said, Oh, do you think you could reach out to Vans and can Vans give us some free shoes and stuff like that? I'm like, so I said, So what's your Instagram? So I went to the Instagram and they had like 120 followers and they had like five pictures. And it were just pictures of just, you know, typical stuff. And I explained to the guy and I said to him, I said, listen. In order to get like donations, like I said, Vans have to see you do stuff. They got to see you in the community. They got to see you, you know, you just don't, you know, I said, and I told him, I said, that's how it wasn't me. I said, thank God. I said, Vans went to my page and they saw me giving Vans to the homeless. You know, they see me uh, uh, on, on my days I could be sleeping, you know, giving out free lessons. They see us doing cooking classes with, with the kids. They see us giving away this and that. I mean, there's a, uh, oh, perfect example. I'll give you the per- the best example. So, one of my last pals, but like the last one before this one, right? Um, I didn't want to do it. I really didn't want to do it. I'm stressed out. So I didn't want to do it. So I get a call from this guy, Jeff Henney, this photographer, Jeff Henney. He's like, oh, yeah. Um, after the paddle, you know, I want to get shots of you there, but I want to get shots of you at your house afterwards. I'm like, oh, how long is this going to take? That's my attitude again. How long is it going to take? And he's like, oh, 20 minutes, 30 years, tops, tops. So he takes these pictures, right? So, so, um, about a month later, I get a call. I get a message 
from Jonah Hill, the actor. So Jonah Hill messages me, and he's like, great work, man, on Monster Children. So I'm freaking out now, Jonah Hill from Superbad. He's like, yeah, great work on Monster Children. So I'm like, oh, awesome. Yeah, thanks. So then I don't message back. So I'm like, what the hell is Monster Children? So I go on Monster Children, and Monster Children has a, is an Instagram page with 300,000 followers. Mm-hmm. So they it's a, it's a surf skate publication. So what happened was that photographer, Jonah Hill, sent him over to my house. Because what Jonah Hill was, he was the guest editor for that month of the issue. So so Jonah sent over his personal Jeff Henney photographer to my house, who I did not know. And I was like, so he went this over. So so he brings him to my he, he um he he lets me know that yeah, that uh he's the he's the guest editor. And then um uh Jonah so then I messaged him back. I'm like, hey, whenever you're in Rockaway, you let me know. You can come surf. You know, and then Jonah messaged me back and he was following me already. He was. So I followed him back. So mm-hmm. long story short. So Jonah Hill, uh, and this should have been done already, but he's filmed that Jerry Garcia movie. But what he's doing is he lost a bunch of weight. He's mailing us his old surfboards, like seven. Oh, cool. <clears throat> yeah, I love that. Well, I got to say, I mean, the the thing that you t- that you're talking so much about. And I think there are a lot of organizations on the American shoreline that are trying to do really good work. They have an excellent uh, background, whether it's scientific research, whether it's just straight up grassroots activism, picking up trash, whatever the case may be. But so much of the success will depend on being able to uh, communicate that and tell the story well and do good social media and exp- extend and expand the reach of your of the direct action that's going on. And Lou, I... I have to say you've definitely succeeded in that. And I've, I've got to ask, what are your plans for the future for the uh, Black Surfing Association on the East Coast? Do you have plans to expand? Do you, what, what, what are you thinking? I don't know, because right now, like, we're so busy. Like, uh, right now, we're filming that movie right now. And um, we, my daughter and I, we, we do a kid show, this show called uh, Surf Guard TV. It's on YouTube. So, so that's about to, about to be picked up with Disney or Disney or Nickelodeon, one of the two. And then also wow. like my mom, she's 75 and she was telling me, she's like, Louie, you know, she's like, you guys did so much already. She's like, what more can you guys do? And like my wife and I, we love Hawaii. Like we're thinking of going out there and maybe starting something out there soon. But that's probably the I next thing. It. Like we've been talking about that. that, that that'll probably be, because again, like I said, we've, yeah, we've done every, everything. I mean, and also like my mom said again, she said, Louie, you guys laid the blueprint down for future nonprofits, like what you guys have done true you know it's never been done never i mean like i mean it's never it's never been done that that's one of my face tattoos i have it's a, it says trailblazer and trailblazer is mean the first to ever do it and what we've done here it's i mean come on, think about it think about it you know a black guy doing you know free surf lessons and then and then again i remember i told you when i first started people used to hate they used to be really pissy until all the freebies started coming <laughs> <laughs> free is a very good price uh, Lou, if, if people want to follow, and I hope that they will, this is really, really uh, a great show and an incredible organization and how much impact uh, a small group of people can have. It's just such a great story. If people want to follow along with you, uh, Lou, how do they do that? What's the best way for people to keep track of the Black Surfing Association East Coast chapter? 
on, on Instagram, uh, Black Surfing Rockaway. On Facebook, uh, Black Surfing Rockaway. And yeah, I mean, and then, yeah, and like the Instagram, you'll be entertained. It's always something that uh, in the community and with the kids. And, you know, and that's the big, big thing. <clears throat> that's one of the first things I've learned when I started this. You know, if you want your nonprofit to grow, to, to grow you have to connect with the community. The community will chew you up and spit you out. I'm telling you, that's the truth. That's well, some New York wisdom right there. That's right. If you can make it in New York, they say, you, you can, can make, make it anywhere. Oh, no, you can. And that's what I tell the kids here. That's what I tell the kids. The kids are here. They're like, yeah, Mr. Lou, I'm probably just going to stay here and could get a job. I'm like, why the hell would you do that? I said, you're from New York. You could make it here. I said, you could make it in Nebraska. You could make it in Idaho. He said, you out of your mind? I said, get out of here and spread your wings. Get out of this box. Come on. Fantastic. Ladies and gentlemen, what a pleasure to introduce our listeners to Lou Harris. He is the founder of the Black Surfing Association East Coast Chapter from Rockaway Beach, Queens, New York. Absolutely cool, Lou. What a treat to talk to you. And uh, and really, thank you for sharing your success with our listeners on the American Trailline Podcast. Thank you so much. Thank you. I really appreciate it. And let's keep our plastics out of the ocean. Yeah.